Our gospel reading for this morning is the story of the transfiguration told by Luke chapter 9. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. Please be seated, and kiddos, please come and join me for children's time. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Baltimore, 1962. My father, then 17 years old and his date, got all dressed up for a night at the movies. They drove into downtown Baltimore to the Hippodrome, the famous downtown movie theater, to see a movie called Diamond Head. Does anybody remember Diamond Head? You do. Well, Diamond Head was a melodrama starring a young Charlton Heston, Uh, as a pineapple grower and U.S. Senate candidate from Hawaii who discovers that all the power and all the money in the world cannot buy love. But that's not what this sermon is about. Um, But as they got to the Hippodrome and they settled into their seats waiting for Diamond Head to begin, an announcement came over the speaker saying that tonight there would be a special sneak preview of a brand new movie starring a brand new character named James Bond. And the movie was called Dr. No. You've heard of James Bond, right? Yeah. So. Um, but this wasn't just a preview of Dr. No. They actually showed the entire movie. And as my father recalled to me, it just blew him away. Uh, Dr. No was the first movie in the James Bond series. And in 1962, it was groundbreaking and envelope-pushing and provocative stuff. And as my dad said, we had never in our lives seen anything like it before. Um, That experience made such a lasting impression on my dad that it's as vivid for him today as it was in the fall of 1962. Because it wasn't just a preview of a new movie or a new franchise It was a preview of how movies themselves, and perhaps even life itself, was about to change. The James Bond movies have gone on to be one of the most popular and profitable franchises of all time. There have been 26 James Bond movies which have grossed more than $2 billion and inspired countless other films, while hardly anybody remembers Diamond Head. The feast day of the Transfiguration, which we celebrate today, is many things. It is the climax of the liturgical season of Epiphany, where the light of Christ, which has grown brighter and brighter, culminates on this mountaintop story. It's the bookend of of Epiphany with the baptism of our Lord, 
the day that began this season. And in both stories, we hear the voice, God, voice of God say, this is my son, my beloved. This story is a powerful demonstration that Jesus is the promised one, that he is the fulfillment of Moses' law and the prophecies of Elijah and the prophets. But the transfiguration is also a sneak preview of Easter resurrection, a preview that blows the disciples away. Jesus had gone up to the mountains to retreat from the crowds and pray many times throughout his ministry. And once, Mark tells us, the disciples even had to form a search party to go looking for him. But this time, Peter, James, and John go with Jesus up to the mountain. Uh, And this time, Jesus doesn't just pray, but he is transfigured. He's transformed. He's glorified. He's changed right before them. His robes become dazzling white, and the great lawgiver Moses and the great prophet Elijah appear there beside them. The three disciples had never seen anything like that before. They were blown away. They were dumbstruck, just as they would be again at the empty tomb on Easter morning. The transfiguration is a preview of Easter and the new life that Jesus would bring about by his passion, death, and resurrection. It was a preview of the open tomb of resurrection life, of the glory we will all know one day in heaven. Just three days from now, we'll observe Ash Wednesday. We'll receive the cross of ashes on our foreheads and begin our 40-day journey into Lent. But before we do, this morning we get this sneak preview of resurrection a glimpse of Jesus' future glory on Easter morning, and a taste of the transformation that awaits us all. And just as the baptism of Jesus and his transfiguration bookend the season of Epiphany, so also the light of the transfiguration and the Easter resurrection bookend the season of Lent. The season of Lent is circumscribed by light and glory and hope. Sometimes I think of Lent like a, a darkened hallway connecting two lighted rooms. Uh, As we walk from the light of the first room, the transfiguration, the light lights our path down the hallway about halfway down, and the light begins to fade just as the light from that second room, Easter, meets us and draws us to our destination. But we don't need to be up on a mountain or caught in a cloud or hear the booming voice of God to experience the previews of resurrection that are all around us. Our lives are filled with these previews, glimpses of glory and the seeds of redemption and new life. Um, Today at the 9 o'clock service, we're going to celebrate Nursery School Sunday, and our our nursery school kids are going to be here. We're going to have a special children's time, and we're going to hear the story about how Jesus blesses the children and how Jesus says, truly I tell you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And every week at our nursery school, at our chapel time, or when I hear them singing in music class with Miss Linda, or when I see the love of our teachers for the kids and the kids for one another, I see previews of the resurrection, a glimpse of the kingdom of God, a preview of the world where we love our neighbors as ourselves. And sometimes it just takes a childlike curiosity and wonder about the world to see those moments of transfiguration and resurrection, the scenes of hope and new life that are all around us. And while, like Peter, we would love to stay in those moments to build some booths and set up camp and hunker down for a while, these moments often seem so fleeting. 
We come into them and we leave them just as suddenly as Jesus and the disciples do on the mountain. But these short previews, these moments, they change us, they shape us, they strengthen us, and they us, allow us to hold on, to persevere, and to hold the hope for ourselves and for others and for the world. As I was writing this sermon the last couple of weeks, I've been looking back on those moments of transfiguration in my life, moments when I felt close to God, moments of joy or hope or celebration, moments that unexpectedly moved me, and they gave me such needed hope and encouragement and strength for my journey. And so I want to invite you this week to look back on your moments of transfiguration, whatever they might be, whether they're a religious experience or special time with family, special moments and special places, unexpected moments of grace. Look back on those moments so that you can draw strength and hope for when times are more challenging and difficult. You might talk about them over breakfast or dinner or write down three or five or more. Put it in your journal or on your phone or on your refrigerator to remind you that these moments have happened, that they do happen, and that they will happen again. That even while it can feel sometimes like we are walking in the dark, still the light shines to light our way. Finally this morning, it is uh, impossible to think of all this without reflecting on the three funerals that we've had in the last three days. Three funerals and three days, and we've had six funerals in the first nine weeks of this year. It's a time of loss and grief, not just for certain families or individuals, but for all of us as a community. And what we have heard in the stories that have been shared of the last precious moments of people's lives, their, their faith and their accomplishments, their vocations and relationships, they were, they were all previews of the resurrection. In their living and in their dying, their faith, they shined a light and they showed us how to live. They reminded us that life is precious and that God is good. And it reminded me of how years ago uh, I had the privilege to visit with a woman named Marie. And uh, Marie was dying, and she was staying at her daughter's house. Her daughter was taking care of her. And I remember that uh, during one of my visits there, there, there was a lot of silence. Sometimes there just are no words for what is in our hearts. And so there were these long moments of silence as we visited and sat by her bedside. And in the moments of that silence, I heard music playing in the background, and it was so moving I had to ask the family, what, what is that? And it turns out it was the African-American gospel singer Marian Anderson singing classic spirituals. And as we sat in vigil next to Marie's bed, we heard songs like, Go Down Moses. When Israel was in Egypt land, let my people go. Oppressed so hard they could not stand, let my people go. Go down Moses, way down in Egypt land, tell old Pharaoh to let my people go. And I had the feeling that right there, Jesus was saying to death the very same thing that he said from the cross. Let my people, let my daughter go. We heard the song, Suna will be done. Suna will be done with the troubles of the world, troubles of the world, troubles of the world. Suna will be done with the troubles of the world, going home to live with God. 
Come, my brother, and go with me. Let King Jesus make you free. When I get to heaven, I will sing and tell how I did shun both death and hell. And we heard deep river. Deep river, my home is over Jordan. Deep river, Lord, I want to cross over into the campground. Oh, children, oh, don't you want to go to that gospel feast, that promised land, that land where all is peace. Walk into heaven and take a seat and cast my crown at Jesus' feet. And I realized as we listened to Marian Anderson sing those songs, I realized that in those moments we were not watching Marie die, but instead we were witnessing the birth pangs of the resurrection. We heard God calling Marie home. We knew she was done with the troubles of the world and crossing through the deep river of death into Easter resurrection. It was a glimpse, a preview of the new light that awaited her and all of us on the other side of death, a light shining and lighting Marie's way home. And when I got home, um, I immediately got that album and played it on repeat over and over again. And one day as I was listening to these spirituals, my daughter Ellie, who was much younger at the time, came up to me and asked me, who's singing? And I said, it's a woman named Marion. What's she singing about, she asked. Jesus. She's singing about Jesus. Oh, she said, I love Jesus. I said, oh, sweetie, Jesus loves you too. And then she said, can Jesus come to my house? I want to show Jesus my toys. (laughs) Sneak previews of resurrection. They are everywhere, even in the darkest places, the hardest places, the places of loss and grief, the most difficult moments of our lives. The resurrection shines in our darkness. And these moments, these previews, they hold the seeds of hope, the promise of resurrection, and a preview of our future glory, even if we cannot see it or feel it now. And like Peter, James, and John, having experienced them, we and our world will never be the same. Amen.